This is the Action Network Podcast. But this one is good. All right, here we go. From the 10th, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, and this is another episode of Strong Side Fridays. I am here, as always, with Raheem Palmer, getting you ready for some week six NFL action. We are back with our new segments from last week, which means my favorite favorite, an upset special, Raheem's teaser and trap plays, and of course, our week seven look ahead of picks. Raheem, are you ready for another 15-hour Sunday of football? Yeah, I'm definitely ready. I mean, it's the NFL season. It's a grind. So let's get to it. All right. Well, uh, before we make our picks, don't forget to get the award-winning app. All of our picks go in there with real-time notifications. So make sure to do that and subscribe and turn those notifications on. All the articles there for betting and fantasy as well. Tuesday night, the NBA starts as well. Raheem and I are covering the NBA, so we've got a lot of podcasts and articles coming there. Plenty more NBA picks as well. We make money across lots of sports, so let's make some money together. As always, odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. All right, let's make some picks. First up, it's a trap. It's a trap. So this segment is all about Raheem sniffing out the trappiest trap the books are setting that week and going the other direction on it. So it's a pros versus Joe spot. So Raheem, how are you fading the public this week? I know last week I gave out the Dallas Cowboys minus one, but look, this line's going up to three and a half. It was up to four and a half before sharp money pounded this down. You have 81% of the public all over the Cowboys this week. And I think they're making a grave mistake. Look, I love my Dallas Cowboys. I love them. They've been my favorite team of professional sports for literally my entire life. But this is a market. The Cowboys have started off the season 5-0 against the spread. If this is a market and it's efficient, at some point you're going to start to see Cowboys stop covering these spreads. And when you look at this Cowboys team, they're not a very good defense. I mean, they're just 28th in pressure rate, 17th in ESPN's pass rush win rate. They're 15th in early down success, giving up 390 yards a game. Now, some of that is a product of you're actually chasing this Cowboys offense. But this is this is the average defense at best, but they're surviving on turnovers. They're second in turnover differential, second in takeaways. And a lot of their EPA per play comes from these turnovers. Trayvon Diggs has had interceptions in every single game this year. I don't expect Trayvon Diggs to have 17 interceptions. So you look at this this defense and the New New England Patriots, last week they played the, the Houston Texans coming off a highly emotional game against Tom Brady. It was a perfect letdown spot. They had four offensive linemen down. And they still managed to pull out the win. They didn't cover the nine, nine and a half points, but they pulled off the win this week. They're going to get some of those offensive linemen back. And I know a lot of people don't want to step in front of this Cowboys offense. I know Dak is leading his team to 34 points a game, their second and success rate. But if there's anybody who can put together a solid game plan 
to slow down this offense is Bill Belichick. This is probably one of the biggest coaching disparities you'll see, Bill Belichick versus Mike McCarthy. The look-ahead line on this game was minus one. We're sitting at three and a half. My model makes this game around 2.22 and a half. So we're back in the Patriots here. Yeah, there are a lot of trends in New England's favor. So this is a scary spot to be on Dallas' side. Bill Belichick, as an underdog, we know, has smashed in this spot. Uh, he's 28-13-2 and two against the spread as an underdog. 23-20 and 20 straight up as an underdog. So even the money line play has worked out. And, of course, Bill Belichick trends, you've got to take into account a lot of those are with Tom Brady. But we just saw a very similar game to this two weeks ago. We saw the New England at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we saw this high-flying offense come in. And then what happened? Belichick had a defense that was ready for it. He had a scheme that was ready to slow things down. He knew how to kind of take the life out of the game a little bit. How many times have we seen that game where the the unstoppable offense comes in to Bill Belichick's world, and then it's halftime. We're like, oh, this game sucks. Nothing is happening. That's exactly how Bill likes it. He's taking the life out, you know, maybe not running the ball so much. There's a lot of just short passes with Mac Jones, trusting that accuracy. Just keep the clock moving. Keep it moving. Keep Dallas on the sidelines. I think you're right about the, the Cowboys defense, too. The numbers are good, some of them, but I think that they're hiding that Dallas has been over-aggressive. And so I think that they're, you know, for, for all those Trayvon Diggs interceptions, he's jumping routes. So I think he's due to give up, you know, a double or a double route at some point. So Belichick versus the NFC, 44 and 29 against the spread. Lots of trends here. It's it's tough. I was with you on Dallas coming into this game last week when it was minus one. And then this line moves so much. I'm writing the preview on this game and I haven't come to a side yet. But I, I think it's because I know that I wanted to pick Dallas. And now that the line moved, there's just a lot of value on New England here. Yeah, I think that's that's the way to go. I'm glad we're in agreement. We can move <laughs> on to your favorite, favorite section. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, so favorite, favorite, just what it sounds like is my best, uh, my, my pick for the best favorite play on the board. And I am going extremely chalky this week. And uh, I know we're going to talk more about this one in a little bit with you, but I am backing the Chiefs on the road in Washington, minus six and a half, especially if you can keep this one under a touchdown. I know those key numbers are getting a little fuzzy with all the, the millions of missed kicks coming every week, but you still got to like getting under a touchdown if you can. So here's what I think about this game. We know what the Chiefs are. The Chiefs are the best offense in football. They're the worst defense in football. What we need to remember is that Washington's defense is not really that much better. Uh, the Chiefs are number 32 in DVOA defensively. Washington's number 28, and their pass defense is number 29. Guess who likes to pass? The Chiefs are pretty good at passing the ball. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is out. And so I actually think that that helps the Chiefs. Kansas City, I think, has been a little bit of a prisoner to, to sunk cost fallacy. They got their first round running back, and they keep on handing it to him over and over. And now he's out of the way. They're not worried about giving it to Darrell Williams. Not going to be a problem anymore. Just let Pat drop back and throw the ball. I know that Kelsey and Tyreek Hill were banged up a little bit, but they, they look good to go. So... If you've got two defenses this bad, it chips up like a shootout, and I just want to take the offense that I trust better. There's no question who that is here. Taylor Heineke has had some moments. I do think that he has a chance to get into the back door on this one, but he also is the sort of guy that could throw a pick six, and this game could really get away. Washington's offensive line, Brandon Scherf, looks like he might be out again, Sam Cosme, so that would be a problem too. 
Um, it, at six and a half, this is a, a for me is a teaser spot that I like. Mahomes just has to win in that spot. So I know we're going to talk about road teasers in a second. I like the spot here because I don't think that home advantage is such a big deal anymore. And so if this was in Kansas City, I think the line is probably Chiefs double digits easily. Chiefs minus 13 or something. And because this is on the road instead, we're getting a, a softer line here. I don't really care where Mahomes is playing. I mean, sure, Airhead's a little better. It's a good home home field for him, but I'm not intimidated by Washington. So one other thing too, the Chiefs have allowed 29 points all five games to start the season. That's tied for the most ever by an NFL team. And so that normally would make you think, oh man, this defense sucks. I have to bet against them. But teams who have allowed 28 points or more in five straight games are actually 20 and 12 against the spread. So what that tells me is, again, regression. Defenses can't stay this bad forever. Offense is a lot more sticky. The Chiefs' offense is going to stay awesome. Their defense might go back to just being bad, not horrific. So I like the Chiefs' defense to do just enough here, and I trust Mahomes to score enough. What do you think? I agree with that. Washington football team defense is probably one of the most overrated units in football. They can't stop a nosebleed. The back end is really problematic. And you have a Chiefs offense that is just absolutely dominant. They did struggle a bit with Buffalo, but Buffalo has one of the best defenses in the league. And this is still a unit that has a 56% success rate. They have a 58% dropback success rate. So this team can get whatever they want, whenever they want. And we saw Jameis Winston go out there and absolutely dominate this team. For that first half of that Saints-Washington game, it felt like the Saints were beating themselves. They had multiple turnovers. They had a fumble. Jameis Winston threw an interception. And that gave the Washington football team some life. So I think this line should probably be higher. Yeah, I think so, too. So let's move Let's move to our next segment because I think we're going to talk about this game again. So up next, a little segment that we are calling Tease Me, Please Me. So Raheem puts out his top teaser every week. Your play's been killing it. And I noticed this week that there are a bunch of very teasable looking lines out there. We got the Bucks Thursday night by about a touchdown. By the time you listen, that game will already be in the books. Uh, we've got the Chiefs by about a touchdown on the road. Got the Bills by probably what will be about a touchdown on Monday night. We've got uh, the Rams are our 10-point favorites on the road. So these look very teasable to me. There are a bunch of these lines that look too good to be true. Like, the public is just going to throw all these lines into a teaser and that never works out for the public. There's a reason the casinos are so big and beautiful in Las Vegas. So talk to me about road teasers. I know that you are feeling a little queasy about this. Okay. So Stanford Wong put out a book called Sharp Sports Betting in early 2000s. And he spoke about the teams in which you tease. So you're looking to tease home favorites seven or six down to one or pick them. You're looking to tease home underdogs of two of one and a half and two and a half up through the key numbers of six and seven. You're looking to tease roll underdogs of one and a half two two and a half up. You're crossing off those key numbers of three, six, and seven. That's the key in order to do these teasers. He also mentioned that you, you want to use totals under 49. Now, we all know that the NFL is a higher – scoring games, so you kind of have to throw out that rule now. That's a little bit outdated. But one of the things I don't like to do typically is to tease row favorites of six down because I believe that 
those are the most mispriced games. So you look at Tampa Bay, you look at Kansas City, they have a higher chance that I know home foot advantage isn't what it was, but they have a higher chance of being upset than they would at home. So I, I tend to stay away from those teams and I try to stick to those rules with Buffalo. They're at five and a half now. So that doesn't really fit the teaser range because you'd be, you'd be paying across the zero. So even though it's a half a point, I try to stay disciplined on that type of thing. So I'm not really that in love with a lot of the teasers that you see this week. Yeah. I, I like, we'll see by the time that you listen, I like a Bucks chiefs teaser just because both of those are similar spots. They're, they're about a touchdown on the road and to me, that same logic is with the Chiefs, but I might be falling into the, the trap that Stanford Wong is talking about. So we'll see how that one comes out. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then, make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Up next is our upset special segment. Pretty straightforward. Each week, I'll make a case for my favorite money line underdog. Last week, Bills at Chiefs. My Bills came through. Matt Mitchell's Bills came through. We are five for five on upset specials now. I got to tell you, I feel a little queasy about this week's pick. But some of these picks make me queasy. Week one, we went with the Texans. Week four, we went with the Jets. So there's a reason that we're picking some of these long shots. When you're getting plus odds, they don't have to pay off every week. So with that vote of confidence, my upset special this week is the Seattle Seahawks on the road Sunday night in Pittsburgh. And that, of course, is the Seattle Seahawks starting Geno Smith. So what I think about this game is us. It's an ugly game. This is going to be an, we, we've had some great Sunday night games, you know, the waiting all day for Sunday night. This week ain't it. We are not waiting for Seattle and Pittsburgh. This is not going to be a fun game to watch. We got one team with the absolutely washed quarterback that should have retired. They can't read the defense anymore. Can't get the ball downfield. The other team got to start Geno Smith because Ben Roethlisberger is terrible. We've, we've been bashing on him all year. I'm not even sure that Big Ben is the better quarterback here, as bad as Geno has been, as rough as Ben is looking lately. So Pittsburgh, just not a team that has really impressed me this year. They are good at stopping the run. 
They're good at getting some pressure on the quarterback, but the secondary has been leaky. The offense has really struggled. I know it's been against some tough defenses, but there's not getting much going. The line isn't getting a lot of blocking. Juju Smith-Schuster is out now, so they're starting to lose some talent there. This feels like an under to me. It feels like one of those ugly, hard to find some points. And I like the underdog better in under situations because you've got less points on the board. You know, this feels like a game that is going to be close late. And then you see what happens. And normally you would think on the surface, well, if it's close, I sure as heck don't want Geno Smith. But guess what? I don't want Big Ben either. So both of these secondaries are pretty rough and beatable. Seattle, I don't necessarily trust Geno, but I do trust DK Metcalf. I do trust Tyler Lockett. Shane Waldron has opened up this offense a little bit as the coordinator. Even if this means Geno is under pressure and just throws a few up for grabs, kind of trust DK Metcalf to make a couple of those grabs maybe. Like, given the options here, I like Seattle to stay in the game. So Seattle to cover, I do like. And if Seattle is covering and if it's an under-type game, I've got to sprinkle the long shot here. So Seattle money line is my play. I don't feel great about it. Don't bet your house on this one. But I like the Seahawks here. Am I crazy? I think you are crazy. I spoke to some sharps who were talking about betting Seattle once it hits six. But for me, I'm pricing this as probably as one of the biggest quarterback downgrades since probably Aaron Rodgers to Brett Hundley or Deshaun Kaiser. Like, I, I'm, I'm pricing this at around eight and a half points because I just think this this Seahawks defense is so horrible. They, they really can't stop anybody. Even with Russell Wilson in the lineup, they struggle offensively. It's, it's like we saw they struggled in the second half of games. And I just can't – there's no way that I can back them. But <laughs> – we all know that this, the Steelers, they've had letdown games. And this is the type of game that the Steelers let, like, will have a letdown game in. So I get it, but I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, and it really, that is, that's the thing for me. It's, it's not a bet on Geno Smith. I am not betting on Geno Smith. I am willing to bet against this Pittsburgh team right now. They're a team that tends to lay an egg when they are a comfortable favorite like they are here. And I just not trusting Big Ben right now. This defense is not what it had been the last few years. So I'm willing to give Seattle a shot. You got to know, though, if, you, if you're putting money on this game, you got to realize there's every chance that this goes awry and that it's like 28 nothing in the second quarter and Geno has three interceptions and you're like, oh my God, why did I put money on Geno Smith? That's in play. That doesn't mean that it's a bad bet. You just have to understand a range of outcomes here. So we might get an absolute clunker from Geno. You're right that it's a huge downgrade in my rankings. Once I swapped out the quarterback, Seattle's offense dropped from 7th to 20th overall. So basically like flipped from top quarter to almost bottom quarter of the league. So this one, I might end up with egg on my face, but I think both these teams are pretty bad. So I'm willing to give a bad Seattle team a chance with Geno, given that I don't think Pittsburgh is very good either. So all right, let's move to our, our new segment that we're loving, the look ahead. Hot rock! Blue 17! Nice rights! Ice cream! Jose! Luna Raiders! 19 seven, 19! Louisville Soul Train! So, as you guys know, on Sunday each week, Raheem and I do the hot read. We, we look to the games coming up for the following week, get some early line movement. On Strong Side Fridays, we are going to close out with the look ahead and grab a, some value on a line for next Sunday. Everyone else is focusing on these games coming soon. 
these lines, they've got value on them. We're going to grab some value. So Raheem, who do you like for this week? I actually like two. I like New Orleans Saints minus three next week against the Seahawks. We spoke about why Geno Smith is such a huge downgrade. I just don't think this is pricing it enough. And I think if they go out there and lose to the Steelers, you'll see this line go up. The second one is I like the Broncos plus six on Thursday night football against the Cleveland Browns. I think this is a little bit high. So those are my two right there. Yeah, I like the Denver one. I looked at that one as well. Um, the the Saints, Saints Seahawks comes back to a similar thing for me where it's like, I don't know, is Jameis Winston really the quarterback that I'm relying on over Gino? Like it's, it just gets into that kind of, you know, a zone of I'm not really too sure what to expect here. But uh, my pick is similar to what we talked about earlier as well. I'm taking the Chiefs minus three on the road in Tennessee. Very similar argument to what I said as the game this week. I think the Chiefs are being a little undervalued now. We, we, we ran through nearly a full season of the Chiefs being overvalued. We had all those one-score games, and I think that we may have overcorrected a little bit here. Titans defense is terrible. It's been terrible for a long time. They can't stop the run or the pass, so we know the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. And uh, I think that if the Chiefs score big this week on Washington, as I expect, and the Titans, you know, possibly could get blown out on Monday night in a national spot against the Bills. That's what the books are suggesting right now. So that probably moves this line easily off of the three. I wish it was at two and a half because then I can get a Chiefs field goal for the win. But this line is not moving towards Tennessee. It's only going to move towards Kansas City. So I'll grab out of the field goal, take the push if I need to. Look, the Titans have won three or four against the Chiefs. So I know that that's going to be the, the angle here. But Henry had some big games in those games, but you got to stay in the game close enough for Henry to be a factor. And the Titans won by two, three, and one point in those games. The most recent game was the playoffs last, which you might recall, Titans were up 10 nothing, and then Kansas City turned that into 35-17 to before a late garbage touchdown. Because once the offense gets going, there's nothing Tennessee can do about it. And unlike last year, Ryan Tannehill, Arthur Smith, they're not around. Tannehill is around, but not that version of Tannehill to flip this game and, and go for point for point. So for me, as much as the Chiefs defense is, is a scare right now, if I look at the other offense facing them, and I don't think that they can at least somewhat match point for point, there's just no chance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with the Chiefs. So I like Chiefs minus three at Tennessee. All right, let's go with one more pick before we get you out of here for the weekend. It's one for the road. Raheem, what do you got? It's so funny. I have two picks that are almost the exact same handicap. I like the Baltimore Ravens minus two and a half. I also like the Browns minus three. Both of these two teams are playing highly explosive offenses and Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray, and they're facing defenses who can't stop the run. I think both are going to take advantage of those this week. The market has reached its peak on the Arizona Cardinals. The market has also reached its peak on on the Chargers. So we're going to take those two for the road. That's very interesting. I, I'm still very tossed up on both of those. I think I'm going to end up probably staying away. I definitely like the matchup. I feel better about the Browns uh, matchup just because I trust their run game more. Baltimore's numbers scare me a little bit. I think I'm still giving Baltimore credit for, hey, they're this great defense and this unstoppable run attack because they have been for like how many years in a row now. And the numbers don't really back that up right now. So I'm a little less, uh, a little, little feeling less safe on them, but those are definitely both, you know, interesting home favorites that you wouldn't necessarily expect to be favorites in that spot. 
I think they're teams that the public will be in on the road dog in that spot. One of my philosophies is that you never want to be on a on a public dog. So right. I, I really like both of these spots. And also one of the interesting things about the Baltimore Ravens is that Lamar Jackson is actually he's doing a great job at passing and they're they're doing yes. like they're winning in that manner. And then when it comes to the Chargers, I think they're third and fourth down efficiency has to yep. regress at some point. Like I, I read a stat the other day it was really interesting. The Chargers have scored touchdowns after seven of their eight fourth down conversions. Wow. And, and, and some of these fourth down conversions are, I mean, like fourth and six, fourth and eight, fourth and 15. Uh, so it's just that that has to regress. So I'm yeah. fading that. Yeah, I um, my my one for the road here is actually a futures play. So I have an article going up Thursday should be out by the time that you read or listen to this on the MVP race. And I think that there's some real value in this MVP race right now, because what we've got is, you know, we love the, the shiny new object. And we've got all of these young quarterbacks who are among the MVP favorites right now, the top four, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert. And they're all these exciting young new teams or the teams that are the hot thing right now. They all have their big win in recent weeks. And I don't like the value on any of those. I'm not betting those prices right now. I'm not saying that they can't win, but I don't like the betting value. What that, those guys are hiding the value of Tom Brady, who is still at plus 800 at some books to win this MVP, even though I don't know what you could possibly do if you're Tom Brady to have started out on a better season so far. Tom Brady is leading the league in completions and passing attempts. So it's huge volume. We knew that was going to be happening because the secondary has gone bad. So they're going to have to win some shootouts. Tom Brady's leading the league in passing yards. He's on pace for over 6,000 passing yards right now. And we haven't even noticed yet because I don't know why we're, we're focusing on all these guys who like weren't born yet when Tom Brady was already winning Super Bowls and He's on pace for 6,000 yards, 51 touchdowns, even though he didn't even have a single touchdown pass against the Patriots. And Tampa's schedule is super soft. They only have one game left against the top 10 team. It's a home game against Buffalo, which could end up being kind of an MVP showdown in that game if Josh Allen and the Bills stay so good. So I think the Bucs, it's hard for me to see even them falling to something like 13 and four. And even if Brady's numbers slow way down, he still ends up at something like, 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns on a 13, 14 win team. And it's Tom Brady and we have all the narrative built in. So I think there's still value at plus 800. He's the sort of guy that if it weren't for these hot young quarterbacks, he would already be a favorite or the favorite in most seasons. So I think that the young guys are obscuring some value. One other long shot to throw in just, just a numbers play. If the Cleveland Browns are as good as they look, they're three and two, but they should have won both of their two losses against the Chargers and the Chiefs. If the Browns are that good, and if the Browns actually get the one seed and stay in it, the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns is going to be in the conversation. Baker Mayfield has not been good so far, but he's at as high as 65 to one at some books. And so especially, I had a few plays in the article you can check out. There are some guys that they're value on now, like Pat Mahomes, Matt Stafford, if you can buy now and sell later, cash out right before or right after this big schedule coming up. So, you know, it's with the cash out option. Now you can play the market a little bit. You don't have to just go all in on one candidate. Brady's my all in guy, but some of these other guys, you can nibble the value. You can buy now and get out later. Don't be playing those young guys right now. I don't like the value there. Some of these other players 
have some value sitting out there. So I like Brady. I like some of the other names there. Interesting. I didn't um, even think about Baker Mayfield, but that's really interesting. Well, Baker, you know, Baker has four touchdowns in five games. So Baker Mayfield, very clearly not the MVP right now, (laughs) not even in the conversation. But, you know, in my article, I talk about there are 10 teams right now that I think have separated as the clear favorites in the NFL, like 10 teams that we expect one of them to be in the Super Bowl. And that only is 10 if you count the Chiefs just because of Pat Mahomes. And if you look at all the MVP favorites right now, there are nine names who are really separated from the whole rest of the field. And it's the quarterbacks of those 10 favorites and then not the Browns. May- Mayfield is just buried behind like Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold and Jalen Hurts. And he probably belongs there right now. But the, the Browns have some primetime games coming up. They play in Green Bay on Christmas. They play Baltimore a couple of times. I just, I just think as a narrative award, if the Browns defense continues to play this well and run game continues to play this well, and then Baker gets some more touchdowns, gets a few big moments, you know, a big late drive in one of those, you know, national games late in the year. And now we've got Baker, a guy that the media loves to talk about. And, you know, it, it's coming down the stretch and the Browns are closing ground on the one seed. The Browns, the best Browns team of our lifetime. People are going to yeah. talk about him. So I think at 65 to one quarterback of a team that's that good, I think is interesting. Definitely interesting. I'm, so, I'm excited to read your article and then I'll have one as well. So it'll be, it'll be great. Can you, to give, can you give us a preview? Who are you, who are you thinking right now? Do you have a lean on an MVP pick of your own? I mean, right now I think there's, there's six candidates who are pretty much in the race. And I, I think it's really exciting because I don't know if we ever seen this many quarterbacks playing this well. When you look at Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. Now, I think Kyler Murray could play himself out, out of it. He's the one who's banged up right now. He has a shoulder injury coming into this week. But I think those are the six front runners um, that I, I kind of want to get into and really, you know, cool. address where the value lies. All right. Well, I look forward to reading your MVP article. You guys can read my MVP article this week and Raheem's next week. That is going to wrap it up today at the Action Network podcast. Please make sure to download the Action Network app. Please rate, subscribe, and review the podcast wherever you listen. Check out Stuck in Raybon's NFL betting guide if you haven't yet. Raheem and I will be back first thing Monday morning to run through all the action from week six. For Raheem Palmer, I'm Brandon Anderson, and this has been the Action Network podcast. Enjoy your weekend.